How many times a week did you check his Snap story? Almost every day. More like like twice a day. Two, one, zero. They say the girls have more fun, but they never met the boys. This is Boy Talk. Boy Talk. This is Boy Talk. What's up, bitches? Welcome back to Boy Talk, episode 11. So glad to be here. Can't believe we're in the double digits now, the podcast. I feel like I just started this yesterday. Um, I'm super excited this week because we're having a super duper special guest. She is the editor and chief of the podcast, was the co-star in my very first viral TikTok and an overall baddie. So let me introduce her. Her name is Macy. So Macy, tell us about you. Oh my gosh, that intro, first of all. I just feel honored to be here. I'm super excited to actually be in the real deal, not just behind the scenes this time, even though I will have to go back and listen to my own voice when I'm editing. Um, But yes, I am Macy. Um, I'm 23 years old. I'm living in Cleveland, Ohio right now. Um, I graduated in May of 2020 with Cody. Um, That's where I met him originally at Kent State um, when I changed my major to public relations. And we kind of went through the flow there together. (laughs) We love a PR baddie, I'm telling you. (laughs) We had to go through our undergrad and being RAs together. And it was just a whole, it was a hot mess express that we were on. But you know what? We made it through and we are here. We are thriving, obviously. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to be here this week. I'm so excited to have you on. It's crazy. This isn't the first podcast we've ever done together. Oh my gosh. What a time. Yeah. For one of our classes, we had to create a podcast and Cody and I were sitting next to each other and we literally looked at each other. We're like, we have to be partners and we have to talk about TikTok. Like it was just... It was just a must. And our professor that we had, she just knew that she knew it was coming. It was it was bound to happen. So Oh yes. It was so cringy too though when I look back on it. Like it was so bad. <laughs> I know, because it was right at the beginning of all the TikTok hype with the hype house with Charlie and we were just we thought we were the greatest things ever. I mean we are. We are. You know, who would have thought? Because I think if you remember distinctly, I hated every second of it, minus the recording part. But like, as soon as it was edit time, I looked at you and you went, I got you, honey. And I was like, thank you, because I have no ability to do that whatsoever. Um, And I think I ran and got us Taco Bell while you edited because we were struggling (laughs) because it was due like that night. And we, of course, waited to the night it was due to do it because that's just like tonight. The podcast goes live in maybe four hours. And here we are recording it right now. Because and you know we're going to get it done for you guys. You know we're going to get it done. Uh, it's so funny. But yeah, so it was really like a no-brainer for me at that point, though. Like when I knew I was going to end up moving into a podcast with uh, my TikTok and my content internet that I was like, Macy, can you do this? And what's funny is before I even had a game plan about the podcast, I contacted you. I think it was like October. Like I didn't launch the podcast till January. And I told you, I was like, if I was to start a podcast per se would you be interested in being my editor like we'll figure out payments and life and scheduling and all the garbage but like would you do that and you were like absolutely (laughs) yes done let's do it when are we starting (laughs) (laughs) literally you were so willing like you had no idea what i wanted to do i had no idea what i wanted to do but you're like sure you just let me know when i was like awesome great and so I think it was around November, I was, the, you were one of the first to find out, like, the name of the podcast, you were the first to see one of the covers, like, you knew, like, what I was doing, like, it was really exciting to get to work with you, but I was like, no brainer, I'm gonna talk to Macy, she's a queen, she's gonna love it, and I'm just so glad 
Um, but talk about you a little bit. Like, what are your plans with social media? Aren't you doing some fun stuff? Like, what's happening there? Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to live up to Cody's expectations here. Um, yeah, I definitely, I've been wanting to start TikTok. And I swear, like, once a week, I text Cody, tonight's the night. I'm going to start a TikTok. And then I chicken out because I never know what to make. I'm like, I need to make my first TikTok go viral, which... I just need to stop having such high expectations. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to do great. Like, Cody and I are both the same in that way. We're like, when we go into something, we just want to be good at it right off the bat. And we just want to, like, do great and succeed right away. I think that's why we got along so well in undergrad was that we were both high achievers for sure. Like, we were definitely both like, I'm going to do the project, but I'm also going to do it 110% for no reason. Because I'm just that way. But yeah, I'm really excited for you to start your own journey with content and social media because I know you're going to do it well. And that's why I keep trying to get you to do it because it's going to be so exciting and fun. And you're starting to talk about opening like a merch line. Like, I'm super excited for you. Like, do you want to tell us about it? Sure. Yeah. So um, it's going to be called the Macy K Collection. Um, Collection with the K, just like Cody with the K because, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to start creating just... Um, fun crewnecks, t-shirts, kind of things like that that you kind of see around TikTok. Um, it just seems kind of like a fun hobby that I would enjoy doing, but also just to like be able to create things for you guys as well. So whenever I um, get that line to drop and get the design ideas out there, um, you'll definitely be hearing about it on this podcast. Yes, for sure. And on my TikTok and on my Instagram. <laughs> yes, and I am going to be sending these to Cody because um he needs to be repping them around new york city <laughs> but yeah no i'm super excited for all of the things that you're gonna do soon and it's gonna be amazing and what i think is so fun about us too and our dynamic is that like not only are you amazing and we have so much fun and we were in school and we got through it together but like you have been one of like my best friends through the pandemic and through the last year of college and moving and like we always were able to talk about anything and like I went through like a really rough breakup during undergrad, one of the roughest in my entire life and I remember that you were always there for me. Let it be going getting tacos and margs after our one class together or if it was literally getting to gossip about like the hype house because no one else would do it with me at the age 22. <laughs> you were always there to have those moments. And then also we shared those bonds about like being an RA and like hating like some of our professors and loving some of our professors. And it just was always great to know that I had you there. Yeah, I always was so happy to be next to you through your journey. And even now, like continuing on in our friendship, it's just been so great. And I wish you weren't so far away because tacos and margs are something I need on a daily basis nowadays. I'm telling you, I've been missing Barrio in Cleveland, Ohio so bad. And they just opened in Kemp before the pandemic. And that's where we would go after class. And it just... It's been hard. But anyways, since we're both such, you know, humble queens, but also bad bitches with bad bitch energy, we've had tons of experience with men, right? Yeah. And, you know, with tons of experience with men comes tons of experience with breakups, unfortunately. Alrighty, y'all. So this week's episode is about breakups. Shameless plug. <laughs> Y'all, I need you guys to please like this episode. I need you to subscribe to the podcast. I need you to follow me on my socials at ocody and the podcast Instagram at boytalk underscore podcast. It really is what makes the difference. I'm not getting paid. I don't have any sponsorships. There's no backup for this. Like, 
I'm doing it all out of my apartment on my own with the help of my wonderful editor. So that kind of stuff does make a difference. Like the five star ratings, literally, it's what's getting the podcast out there. Yes, y'all. Y'all just need to go download it, watch it once a day, twice a day. But yes, give it five star ratings. Follow it on social media. You won't regret it. Awesome. So now that we're done begging for you guys to help us, we're going to move into the actual content. Yay. So this episode, we're going to focus on breakups, right? We're going to focus on what a breakup is, the to do's, what not to do, and some great advice for moving forward. And then we're going to answer questions like we always do. So before we jump into it, let's just talk about some overview about breakups, right? One thing I want to say is that no matter how the breakup works, because breakups are all unique and different and they're going to be, you know, 100% different from one another. No breakup looks the same. At their core, they all suck. And I'm talking about even those ones that are mutual or even if they're not. I'm talking about like sometimes when you feel like it was unfair or you're left wishing that it wasn't over or maybe you were glad it's over. Like you were like, yes, hallelujah, they're out of my life. Like I'm ready for this. I'm ready to move on. Either way sucks. And I've been on both ends of the spectrum of breakups. I remember my last really major breakup. I was so ready. I was so ready for it to be over. Like this man had put me through it. I was tired of it. I was like, I almost low-key hated him to, to be honest. So like by the end of it, I was like, thank God it's over. It still took me almost a year and a half plus trauma therapy to actually get past it. Like no matter how ready you are or how ready you aren't, that's going to suck. Oh, yeah. I Unfortunately, I've always been on the downside of the breakup. I just don't think I would ever have the guts to break up with someone. I know that sounds super terrible, but I'm always the one who's gotten broken up with. I remember my first ever relationship back in like eighth grade. It wears two years long from eighth grade to sophomore year. I think both of us wanted it to end so badly But he was the one who did the deed, and I was still an emotional wreck. So, yeah, to echo what you said, Cody, like, even though we hate them sometimes when it ends, it's like... It still sucks. It still sucks. Because I think it's like there's so much, like, regret, and there's so much, like, you wish it was different. And obviously, I don't think a lot of people go into a relationship being like, I'm going to have my heart broken by this. Like, I think we all kind of go in, like, if we're going to actually date someone seriously, we're like... I'm trying to love you and I'm trying to love you potentially forever. So no matter what happens through that time with them, by the end, you're like, even if you hate them, it hurts. So like, I think that goes into like understanding your feelings during breakups and like the overview of like understanding how breakups are. It's like, you are allowed to feel those feelings. I think so many people want to deny it. Um, I'm a big denier when my feelings get hurt. I love to be like, doesn't matter. I'm a bad bitch. Put up those walls and like, be like, huh, I'm hot. Doesn't matter. I don't have to care. Um, but it's not true. Like you're allowed to feel those feelings. It's okay that you need time. It's okay that you need space. And that goes back to even if you ended it, you might still need that time and space. You might still be hurting because even though you ended it for all the right reasons, it still hurts and that's okay. And I think that's what I just want to normalize about breakups. Like, no matter what end you are on it, no matter if you hate them or if you still love them, your feelings, you're going to have to feel them. It's going to be different for everyone. It's going to take time. That's going to hurt. Some people will take years. Some people will take months to move on. But at the end of the day, it's about that experience and getting back to feeling okay. And you will feel okay. Right. I, like, my, not my most recent breakup, but 
um, the one before that, I remember I, I was cheated on several times, but it still, like, it took me three years. Like, I did not go out with anybody for three whole years. I didn't give any boy attention. It was just, like, it just made me feel ick. Like, I got the ick from boys because it just, it seriously messed me up that much. You know, like, everyone goes through it, like you said, everyone goes through it differently. Like, some people... Um, try to like shove down all their feelings, shove down all their emotions right from the get go. But like, I mean, for someone like me, I'm I felt it right away. And now I'm fine. But for other people, sometimes it's like they shove it down. But then six months later, they start feeling it all. Okay, call me out like that. Call me out like that. Literally, when I remember my breakup was in August, it was right at the beginning of the school year of 2019. And I denied having any human emotion until probably November. I was able to get away with, like, completely shutting off my feelings. And I just remember November to January was very dark. <laughs> I was crying a lot. I was like, I am unwell. I don't I don't think anyone's ever going to love me. Like, I'm a disaster. Things are terrible. Like, I remember just feeling so, like you said, I had the ick for sure from this man. He gave me serious ick. And then I remember it was right after the pandemic started that I was like, you know what? I should probably talk to a professional about that relationship. And so I went and got therapy and I needed it because that boy messed me up. They mess you up. They all do. They do. I'm telling you. And it's wild. It's wild. And like, I still think back about that breakup particularly and how fucked up it was. Like, it was wild. And like, I don't want to share too much about it because like, I don't know. Maybe one day, maybe one day I'll give you all more details, but it was wild. It was like living in a movie. It was, it was like some really terrible, shitty, like rom-com. It was not good. <laughs> but anyways, breakups suck. They're going to suck. So here, we're here to give you some advice about what you should do and what you shouldn't do. So let's move into the positive first. What to do when a breakup happens, right? Number one, self-care. And this looks different for everyone, right? It's not always putting on a face mask and doing your nails. Sometimes it is. For some people, that's great. But it looks different for everybody. Self-care could be shopping. It could be taking a hiatus from social media. It could be your bubble baths and face mask. It could be going and getting your favorite foods or eating foods that make you feel happy and good. It could be hanging out with your friends and family. It could be spending more time doing your hobbies and interests. Whatever it is, whatever feels good, that's self-care. And I think that's one of the best things you can do when you're going through a breakup, right? Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And I know for me, like it was my self-care was just like finding myself again, just being able to be on my own, be alone, do things for myself, go shopping, do the face mask, paint the nails, like catch up on my TV shows that I never got to watch when I was in a relationship because that's not what we like to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's self-care does look different for everyone. And once you find your niche, like you'll, you'll be good to go as long as you stay in a rhythm and, and practice that daily. Definitely. I think the next thing that you need to do after a breakup is you got to learn from it, right? Because life is all about experiences. And I'm a big believer. My mom taught me this when I was young. It's like every negative does have a positive finding that silver lining. And that's what I've always taken from like ends of relationships and not even just dating, like even platonic relationships. I've had some really good friendships that have ended pretty terribly. So I think that one of the best things you can do no matter when something goes wrong is to find that silver lining and to learn and grow from it. So like I recognize when my friendships have ended or even relationships that there's always something that I can take from it. 
I think that's what's really healthy and good about breakups and for any type of relationship ending is when you can step away from it and be like, wait, there's something positive I can take from this. So here's some questions you should ask yourself, right? One, what went wrong in the situation? Like really understand like why didn't it work? Because there's normally some good reasons why things weren't working. Maybe you weren't compatible. Maybe they wanted kids and you didn't. Or maybe, you know, they were more of a homebody and you're more of a traveler, go with the flow. Maybe you both just got on each other's nerves. Maybe there wasn't sexual compatibility. Something had to have gone wrong that made it get to where it was, right? Second thing, what could have been better? So what could you have done better is the harder question because we can sit there and say, what did they do wrong? Like it's so easy to point out what what they do wrong. But what could you have done better? Because we all have a little bit of, of faults and we all aren't perfect. That's part of being human. So what could you have done better too? So think about that. Then you should ask yourself, what do you need and why didn't it work with them is the big key answer to that. So like what didn't work with that past partner will then tell you what you actually needed this whole time. And I know that that was something that I figured out quickly from my really bad breakup to where I am now with my new partner was like my last ex, he didn't want to be in control. He didn't like dominance and he wasn't really this like person who wanted to be like more of that, like lead in the relationship. And that's something I crave because I am very dominant throughout the rest of my life. Like when it comes to work, school, all that stuff, people look to me as a leader. And so by the time I get to my partner, I want to be less of that. I want to be more of the smaller one. I want to be more of like the taken care of. Maybe I'm a pillow prince, whatever. But regardless, I like being taken care of. And my ex, he just didn't do that. I found a man who purposely likes doing that. Like for him, he gets as much joy taking care of me slash being in control and being dominant as I get from being in the back and not doing the work and chilling. And so there's never any weird tension between us, which is amazing. I kind of just want to add to that. Like for me, I went through months and months of like of back and forth with my relationship. And there were times where I would sit and think, about the things that went wrong and there were times where I'm like what like why am I so terrible that they had to leave me and it was just a a roller coaster of a ride and I remember I woke up one day and I just had this defining moment and I can't say when your defining moment is going to be but when I had that defining moment, it was like I didn't care anymore. I had no cares about the situation or what they could do to me anymore. Like, it did not matter. And that's just something that, that you just have to wait for. You can't force it. You can't force that moment to come. But if you continue to um, go over these things that Cody just listed out, like, and, and, you, and you try to learn and you try to grow, you're going to have that moment and you're going to be way better off. I promise. I promise you that. Right. Because what's really interesting too, at least for me and my experience is like some of the things I've grown on from dating, I ended up putting into my friendships and putting into like my family relations and it's made those things better too. So what not to do, right? This is this section. We're going to get a little real with y'all because here's the thing about this. This is what you shouldn't do, right? Like as we go through it, you're going to be like, yeah, normal healthy people would not do these things. So like you shouldn't do it, but I promise you, you either will probably do it or you probably are doing it or you have done it. And you're going to be like, yeah, I've done that. And it's a little embarrassing. Like, don't judge us because we're about to expose ourselves for some of our little like dirty breakup things. But it's got to be done. Someone's got to say it. So we're going to do it. Honestly, (laughs) 
there are so many things that I did after my breakup. One of the big things I did that I thought for some reason brought me peace was checking to see his Instagram activity. Like, I would see how long ago he was active. And then if he was active, like, 11 minutes ago, I'm like, oh, I know he's not with another girl because he wouldn't be active on Instagram if he was with another girl. Like, I would put so much thought into it. It was literally ridiculous. Literally same. (laughs) And then it's, like, the first couple of months, I remember... um, like, I would I would want to reach out. I would want to, like, text. And sometimes I would, like, I would just, I would text them. And then, honestly, at that point, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment because you're in your brain, like, you already have what you want them to say, like, what you want them to respond to you in your head. And when they don't do that, you're sad. You're going to be sad if they don't respond. You're going to be sad if they don't say what you want them to say. So, like, at the end of the day, you just need to just get out of these stupid habits and quit checking Instagram, quit checking Snapchat and quit seeing if they're going to respond and say they love you again. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I think that's the hard reality of it is like we do these unhealthy things after breakups as ways to hold on. And I think what's so crazy is like we all kind of do them. And so let's jump right into it. One, the first thing that you mentioned is exactly what I wanted to first start about, which is the social media creeping. Social media is amazing. I love it, obviously. I mean, here I am making social content. But it's also really creepy how much you can find out about other people. And that really shows when it comes to things like breakups, right? So what is social media creeping, right? Uh, This is when you go on and you're checking their social medias. So like looking to see when they were last active on Instagram, Miss Macy. (laughs) When you're creeping on their stories. If you're checking your own analytics to see if they're watching your stuff or liking your stuff. Um, When you're making other accounts to check up on them because you know you're blocked on your primaries. The thing where where people will go to Instagram.com like through Safari or through like a browser to check their following. Because on there it shows you like... I totally didn't do this to see like their following because it shows in order like who they followed. Yeah. Yeah. So um, don't do that, people. Just saying, don't do that. Yeah. No, we're not saying do it, but we're also gonna say yeah. We we might have done that. I might have might have done that as well. Um, but yeah. So that's kind of what social media creeping is, and this can go to any platform. I know we talked a lot about Instagram, but any platform you can creep. Like Snapchat is one that I know a lot of people creep because you can see locations, you can see their stories what they're up to twitter a lot of people expose their entire life on their twitter depending on the kind of partner you have like if they're big twitter gurus maybe that's the platform you're gonna creep on them and then facebook i just want to mention real quickly like that's one of my favorites actually to creep if i really wanted to check in on an ex because that's where people like talk about big life things like if they're gonna move across the country or if they got a brand new job or if they actually finished school and like things like that So I found myself perhaps doing a lot of my internet creeps there too to get the like juicier details of like what's actually happening in their life, like what's going on. Um, But let's talk about why that's not okay, right? One, you end up hurting your own feelings. There's been a few times where I've creeped on an ex and I've been like, wow, I really should have just not done that because that hurt. It hurt a lot. I remember checking back at my ex's Instagram and saw that all our photos were deleted and like I wasn't going into it expecting to see that and I was just like I remember being at work and I was like I I don't know what to do I I, I can't go on I cannot finish the day yeah I I need to take a minute (laughs) a minute more like a freaking day off 
Yeah, I need like two mental health days. Like, I can't do this. You end up hurting your own feelings because like you'll either see something you didn't want to see or, you know, you just get disappointed. Like you said, you have these expectations and it's not there. Um, I think it also makes it really harder to move on because you're still like trying to be part of their life and you're trying to see what they're up to and you're still being curious and actively seeking them. And then finally, it drains your own mental health because you're comparing yourself to maybe like their new partner or maybe their new life or maybe you're seeing that they are happier without you and that makes you feel a certain type of way um it's just not good so i think that it's it's overall media social media creeping it's not a positive you should try to avoid it at all cost put more energy into something more beneficial oh for sure the next one which you also conveniently mentioned Maisie, not to put you on blast was don't text them like don't there's no need to text them. Um, it's normal to want to do this, right? Like, it's normal to want to. Because, like, normally when you're dating someone, they're, like, your best friend low-key. Like, you tell them when things are good. And it's hard when all of a sudden, like, you don't have that person to talk to. You're used to seeing their name on your phone. You're used to getting that text from them. You're used to having that Snapchat. Like, regardless, it's hard. And you're going to want to do it. And that's okay. Yeah, I know for me, um, something I did to kind of help me refrain from texting them is my mom told me that I just need to, like, find something to do when I think about that. And, um, like, whether it be cleaning my room for 10 minutes or reading a chapter of a book, like, or setting just generally just setting a timer for an hour and let that time go by before you send the text and see how you feel after that time. Because um, that will just kind of it gives you time to clear your head and see is it really worth sending them a text because like we keep saying it's just going to set yourself up for disappointment it's just going to hurt your own feelings oh 100 i think that's such a great idea like set a timer or be like let me think about it if i want to still text them later maybe but i do have some really great ideas for what you can do instead right for me one thing that i found is journaling really helps I remember every time that I wanted to tell someone who I was no longer, like, talking to, so let it be a partner or even, like, a friend breakup, because sometimes friend breakups hurt just as bad, I would go write in a journal, and it's like texting them, and, like, I would be able to get that out and feel like I was sharing that part of my life like I wanted to with someone, but that someone is just my journal now, and it doesn't have to be, like, a traditional book and pen. Like, I have really shitty handwriting, and I hate writing by hand, so, like, I type in my notes on my phone, and, like, you can access it from, like, my laptop, because I have a MacBook, so, like, I'll go into my notepad, and I'll just type about my day or my feelings, or if I wanted to share something, like, I got a good grade on something, and I wanted to share that with them, because that's something I would do with a friend or a partner, I'll just talk about it in my notes, and it makes me feel better. Another thing to do is actually just reach out to your friends and family. Like, I'm really close with my mom, luckily, so, like, I could just call my mom and tell her about my day or tell her the things that I'm feeling or thinking, and she would be there, and she'd be understanding, and she is supportive. I also have a really good, like, best friend who I've been friends with since we were in kindergarten, and so I know I could always call her, and, like, having those people that I could go to and text or call instead who are going to give me a positive reinforcement are going to make me feel good. And though it's not the same, it helps replace that urge. But I think those are way better options for someone to do than actually text their ex because there's so much bad that comes from actually texting them. And it goes back to social media stuff too, in a sense of like, it's going to keep you emotionally attached. You have this feeling of like, I can reach out to them whenever I want and maybe they respond or maybe they don't, but you're still reaching out to them on your end, which is keeping that emotional attachment there. And that's not healthy. 
Next thing is that it gives them more information about you than they probably deserve or need to know. And then it also prevents you from moving on. And then the final thing that you definitely shouldn't do is keep things that remind them of you, right? This is super, super important um, because the little things can really hurt out of a breakup. My best advice is honestly, re-gift it, donate it, throw it away. Some people like to destroy it as like a way of moving on. But regardless, get rid of it and then replace it with your own things. Like if they gave you something you actually needed, get rid of it still and find something else. And this is different. Like I have like a jacket from my one ex who like it was just a nice jacket that he had bought as a gift. Like I'm not going to get rid of it. It doesn't bug me that much to wear it. But other things definitely got rid of, definitely gave back. I'm one of the people who likes to give back. I remember when I broke up with my last serious ex, I just bagged everything that I had of his at my place, everything that we had gotten together, things that just I knew were going to remind me of him, and I gave it back to him. And that was part of me moving on because I was able to like physically remove him from my life is what it felt like, and it was almost therapeutic. And I knew that like, hey, like if you want to throw it away, awesome. I really don't care, but here's your stuff. You figure it out. Best of luck out there. And I remember what sucked is I ended up finding something like a month or so later. And it was part of when I was starting to actually feel the feelings of the breakup. And it totally spiraled me for like two or three days. I remember crying. I remember binge eating ice cream. And it just wasn't fun. So at the end of the day, breakups suck, right? Like we, we're not going to lie to you here. They do. They really, they're really terrible. They're gross. They're nasty, whatever. But here's my best advice. I call it the glow up and the blow up. What you need to do is this. You need to find your self-worth and you need to own it. You need to know like, this is what I'm worth. I deserve better. Then you need to put time and energy back into you because you've spent so much time and energy on this other person that you now have all of this free time and energy. Use it on yourself because you deserve it. Then you need to invest in your passions and your hobbies again. Get reconnected with what makes you you because a lot of times when we are in bad relationships, that stuff gets removed from our lives. We lose our passions. We lose our hobbies and it's time to get back to those things. Finally, check in with yourself. Make sure that you are happy and it's okay to be selfish during this time. When you're healing, when you're going through, when you're trying to get ready, do what you want and do what you need and do it unapologetically because you deserve it. And I promise you, you will glow up and you will blow up. And that's exactly what you need to do after a breakup. Period. Alrighty, so listener questions. I pull all these questions from TikTok or my Instagram DM. You guys already know the spiel. If you listen to a couple episodes, we are on episode 11. But if you are joining us for the first time, you can find me on my social media at O-H-H-K-O-D-Y. That's all my socials. So I'm talking Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can also find the podcast on its own Instagram at boytalk underscore podcast. Message me on any of those or comment on the TikTok videos and I will find these questions and that's how I pull. So let's jump into it. We're only going to answer two this week because we've talked a lot. The episode's getting a little long. So so the first one that we're going to talk about today is, is it okay to check my partner's social media? For me, no. Big red flag, no. And here's why, right? As much as I would love to check my partner's phone and I would love to see what they're doing on social media, that is taking away from your trust with your partner instantly. That is showing that you don't trust them and then you're feeding into your own insecurity. So like for me, I set that boundary with myself and I've never broken it. I'm so proud of myself for it. I don't check my partner's phone. I have no interest in seeing your DMs. I have no interest in seeing your text messages because it's just not my place. If you want to do what you need to do, you do what you need to do. It's when I find a reason. So 
if you give me a reason to check, then I will want to see it. I remember an example with an, a partner was they were cleaning out their messages the one night on their iPad or laptop, something that was a bigger screen that like I wasn't trying to see messages. It just happened to be there. And when I came in to sit like next to him on the couch or wherever we were sitting, he got very nervous and quickly like shut it off. And I was like, <laughs> that wasn't cool. So I was like, okay, that just made me really uncomfortable. What just happened? I was like, I saw that you were in your messages. Why did you just quickly hide it? And they're like, uh, nothing. Like I, I, I didn't mean to do it so quick. I'm like, okay, like I'm going to ask you now for your permission to see your messages because I feel uncomfortable. It will make me feel better. Just, I don't want to read them all. Just give me, just open them up, quick scroll, good to go. Well, when he did that, there was a bunch of messages that weren't new, but they were old conversations with other guys that he had talked to in the past, which I can't get mad about, but I was upset that like, just delete them then, dude, because like, they don't need to be there. Why do you, why are you keeping messages from guys you talked to months ago? You don't need to be doing that. And he agreed, he apologized. And he was like, I was actually in the process of deleting it. And like, I was like, okay, great. But I definitely don't think you have any right to ever just check someone's social media or messages. You need to get that permission. Like, I would never just take my partner's phone and go through it. Like, when you're dating someone, like, I think it's normal to, like, know their passcode or, like, have your face ID or your fingerprint put into their phone so you can access it. I don't ever abuse that. I don't have any need. And I think that, like I said, it goes back to trust. All right, question number two and the final question this week. How do I tell my partner I want more time alone? Okay, Cody, I got this one. Um, This, okay, this just question reminds me of this quote that I heard that honestly helped me get through a breakup. And it's how empty of me to be so full of you. And I think that that, what that meant to me is like, with my relationship, I was spent so much time with them and there's nothing wrong with spending a lot of time with your significant other there's nothing wrong with that at all if that's what you want to do that's fine but at the end of the day you were just fine without them like before they came into your life you were fine being on your own so you need to keep that in line keep that in check when you are in a relationship with them because alone time is so important so I feel like like, when you need to tell them that you need more alone time, just be up front. Like, hey, I need to be alone tonight. I just want to watch my shows in my bed by myself. And and that should be it. They should not have a problem with that. And if they do have a problem with that, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, for sure. I think it's a red flag when people have issues with you having alone time. Because we are all needing of that. And I think it's so important to have that space to connect with yourself, to understand yourself, and to take time to just enjoy the things that you love. You don't need to always be with that partner. Exactly. And, and kind of going back to the whole how empty of me to be so full of you, you can only give... Like, if your glass is empty... You cannot give any more to anybody else. You need to take that time to get your glass, to be full again, to be able to give that energy to your significant other. So if your glass is empty, you're just going to be like the the worst version of yourself for them. And then that could turn into something worse. And it's just going to be a domino effect from there. So alone time is so important. And just communicating that just in a very basic manner is it's as simple as that. Definitely. I 100% agree. All right, y'all, final shameless plug of the episode. We please, please, please need you to like it. We need you to download it. We need you to stream it. Play it on silent as much as you want for all I care. But please stream it. Please like it. Please download. 
please subscribe. Please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Those things really help small creators like me who I'm not doing with the media company. I do it all on my own, sitting in my apartment. Good times. I think we low-key might have heard like either a car like backfire or a gunshot in my New York City apartment. So like we're out here in the streets roughing it. But thank you all so much for your support because it's the only reason why we do what we do. Alrighty, Macy, thank you so much for being here. I am so glad that you're here. If you guys want to find Macy, she's actually followed by the podcast Instagram, so you could social media creep it, even though I just told you not to do that to your exes, but you can do it to the podcast. And you can follow her, you can find her. She's doing all these great, exciting things. I'm sure she'll you'll see her on some of my socials soon. But thank you so much for being here. Oh, so fun to actually like be in it this time and hearing it for the first time live. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited for this episode and the future ones to come. So you guys should definitely follow along. Yes, please follow. Please subscribe. So glad that you're here. And until next time. Bye.